0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Sustainalytics podcast. My name is Melissa Chase, and I'm a marketing specialist here at Sustainalytics. Uh, Today, we'll be talking about the most recent publication in our ESG Spotlight series entitled, Hot Assets, Global Equities, and Physical Climate Risk. Today, I'm joined by two of the authors of the report, Doug Morrow, a director on Sustainalytics thematic research team, and Martin Veser, a manager on our thematic research team. Welcome, Doug and Martin. Hi, Moshe. Thanks. Thank you. So, Doug, let's get started by going into some of the motivating factors that led you guys to focus on physical climate risks.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess it was a confluence of of different um, different drivers. I mean, obviously, climate change is kind of like the it issue, one of the major issues of our time, and um, we wanted to take a look at it from sort of a unique perspective, from the physical climate risk perspective, which is something that uh, Martin and I had not, um, you know, done before on the thematic research team. So, yeah, I mean, investors often, as we all know, think about climate risk in terms of these two big buckets: so transition risk, which looks at, uh, you know, the effect of climate policies as the economy moves towards, um, you know, the, the low-carbon transition. But there's a, there's this whole other bucket, as I said before, of, of physical risk. So um, we had looked before at transition risk. So we really wanted to emphasize and, and focus on physical risk in this paper.
0: I see. So transition risks and physical risks are the two interconnected issues, but for analytical reasons, you treat them separately. Um, and in this report, you took on physical risks because these risks are becoming more of a concern as global emissions and temperatures escalate. Um, so Martin, can you tell us about how you assessed physical climate risks in global equities?
2: Sure. We took a look at this from uh, several perspectives, but generally we like to think of two broad dimensions of uh risk analysis. One is the exposure side and the other is the risk management side. So we look at uh, physical climate risk, both from an exposure perspective and from a management perspective. And on the exposure side, we look at the geographically segmented property, plant, and equipment uh, disclosures of companies in the global equities market. So property, plants, and equipment, or PP&E for short, is one of the most exposed asset categories to physical climate impacts. So we uh, did an analysis of the uh, approximately 3,000 companies listed on the FTSE All World Index and found that relatively few companies disclose geo-segmented PP&E data. So this is a, PP&E is a, a standard input in financial statements, but uh, companies don't have to segment the value of their PP&E by geography. And we just wanted to see how many companies actually do this. And we found only about 16% of those 3,000 companies uh, appear to uh, report geo-segmented PP&E. Uh, and even those uh, companies that do segment their PPNE by geography do so at quite a granular level usually they're referring to markets where they have PPNE or broad catch-all categories such as foreign or overseas locations so to fill in these gaps we've seen a lot of uh, specialty research providers finding innovative ways to assess exposure they, they sometimes draw on satellite images climate simulations and commercial mortgage-backed securities, uh, and we think this type of research is only going to continue to expand. Uh, it's really taken off recently, but we're expecting to see much more of it in uh, mm-hmm. the near future. Okay.
0: So, so PP&E is an asset class that's exposed to physical risks, but the way that companies report their PP&E isn't really amenable to assessing local exposure to to fiscal climate risks. Um, So you said uh, if exposure is one side of the issue, then management is the other. Uh, So, Doug, can you tell us about how you address the question of how companies are managing their physical climate risk?
1: Sure. So essentially what we did here is we have an indicator in our toolkit that looks specifically at physical climate risk management programs. So this basically measures the extent to which management teams you know, are aware of the physical impacts of climate change, including rising sea levels, the increasing frequency of extreme weather events and things like that, and the extent to which they embed these types of considerations into uh, project planning uh, you know, climate-proofing their assets and, and things like that, which admittedly is uh, you know often a, a very very difficult thing to do. But nevertheless, we felt that this indicator would give us broad insight into some of the differences in how management teams are approaching the issue. So, uh, what we did then is just look at a cross-section of different sub-industries for which uh, this indicator is activated. As you can see, um, you know, for, for those of you who have already read the paper, we focused specifically on a basket of five sub-industries. These are uh, cable and satellite, telecommunication services, uh, real estate development, REITs, and then travel, lodging, and amusement. And then we took a look at, as I said before, differences in how management teams within these sub-industries perform on this indicator. And essentially, to sort of move past the minutiae, I can give you the high-level takeaway, which is basically that of all the firms we looked at, uh, in about 200 in total, only about twenty percent were rated as having a strong physical climate risk management program.
0: Wow! So that means that eighty percent of the sample had substantial room f- for improvement. Um, so can you tell us about how the different sub industries you considered compare?
1: Sure. So you know, I guess at the high end, what we found in our in our study was the telecom services sub industries. So this is the, capturing all the big uh, telecom players attended to be the best positioned. So about 20% of companies in that, in that industry demonstrated what, you know, what we consider to be a strong physical climate change, uh, sorry, physical um, you know, climate risk management program. Um, but even here in this sub-industry, uh, just under half of all companies disclosed no program. So in other words, even though they were, you know, tended to be the best performers, objectively speaking, the bar wasn't you know, fantastically high. On the other end of the spectrum, what we found is that companies in the real estate development sub-industry uh, really tended to trail on this measure. So over 80% of the companies in the sub-industry disclosed uh, no program. Now, again, part of this is disclosure practices. So some industries tend to be more uh, opaque than others. But you know, based on, on what we're seeing, the vast majority of companies in the sub-industry do not disclose the existence of any type of um, you know, physical climate risk awareness.
0: It's really interesting to see so much variation between uh, the different sub-industries. So Martin, you guys also looked at water stress-related risk. Talk to us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, water stress is a really important issue when it comes to climate change. So we wanted to take a focus on this particular type of physical risk Climate model projections indicate that many renewable water sources will be reduced in sensitive regions um, over the the century. And so we wanted to apply one of our other uh, indicators that looks at water stress uh, and water risk management. Uh, And here we look at five other sub-industries. So uh, we've got agriculture, electric utilities, multi-utilities, integrated oil and gas, oil and gas exploration and production. Uh, in that sample. And we look at how water supplies are really important for all of these industries and water stress can affect the efficiency with which uh, companies in these sub-industries can bring important uh, commodities to market. Our sample includes 145 uh, firms that are in these sub-industries and also listed on that uh, same index uh, that we use throughout the study. And looking at this uh, sub-sample of companies, we've again, found that uh, the market appears to be underprepared for physical climate risks. Only about 25% of these firms disclose strong water risk management programs. Uh, But again, we find quite a bit of variation among the approaches that companies in the different sub-industries take to address the issue. For example, just under 40% of the firms in integrated oil and gas disclose strong programs uh, compared to just 4% of oil and gas exploration and production companies. So it's interesting to see how companies within the same sector but in different sub-industries take on uh, these challenges in different ways. Uh, We also compared uh, multi-utilities and electric utilities, Uh, 37% of multi-utilities have strong water risk management programs uh, and only 26% of firms in the electric utilities. Uh, have strong programs. Um, Agriculture also appears to be underprepared with uh, about a quarter of the sub-industry rated as having a strong program and the remaining 75% has either a weak program or no water risk management program at all.
0: Right. So it really sounds like the market appears to be be lagging in this respect. Um, So what can companies do to address these management gaps?
2: Well, it starts with companies acknowledging that these risks exist, um, setting targets, developing initiatives to measure their exposure and build management programs to mitigate potential impacts on their operations and supply chains. And while uh, only a minority of companies in our sample have strong programs in place. the companies that do show that it is possible uh, and we anticipate other firms gradually following suit. Uh, just as a quick example, we found one REIT in our sample that has published a best practices document detailing flood risk management plans for properties that could be hit by storms um, with uh, you know, climate change this is one of the big concerns for a lot of real estate companies. Uh, and this particular company has worked on strengthening its infrastructure and addressing water retention issues, drainage systems uh, and looking at ways of really insulating properties from some of the concerns around extreme weather events.
0: Great. Thank you so much, Martin and Doug, for for sharing the insights from, from the report. And thank you to everyone for listening in today. Again, our most recent ESG Spotlight series report is called Hot Assets, Global Equities, and Physical Climate Risks. And it's available to download from our Knowledge Center at www.sustainalytics.com. Thank you again, Martin and Doug.
2: Thank you. Thanks, guys.